discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are welcome to this glorious Sunday morning service. Wherever you are, I want to welcome you, whether you're in church, in any of our church buildings, or any of our branches, or watching us online, I want to welcome you once again to this glorious Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. This is actually the very last Sunday um, service that we are having like this. So from next Sunday, your branch pastor is going to be preaching to you in your branch and those of us who are online will be taking the feed from a live feed from the branch that i'll be preaching in for all of us to be blessed hallelujah Hallelujah. you know and it's been a great 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 wonderful time i think it's been like six months or so since we've been online like this thank you for joining us thank you for listening to us thank you for being there and being a part of all that has happened it's been a wonderful run and i want to congratulate you for Coming to another level altogether in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, This morning, I want to share on very last message concerning now that you have given to God. Now that you have given to God, what next? So this will be now that you have given to God, part four. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mentioned that after you've given to God, you must work. So important. And after you've given to God and you're working, you must learn to think about what you're doing for enhanced productivity, to be able to get more than you're supposed to have on a normal day. The labor of the foolish wearieth him. Do you see? The one who labors in foolishness will have weariness. But the one who labors in wisdom will have productivity, will have results on every day of his life. So you must think. You must allow the wisdom of God to help you think as you're supposed to and work to the glory of God. Then I mentioned the third thing as what? As trust, learning to trust God, learning to look up to God, not looking up to man. That was what I shared on Wednesday. I shared it into detail. Learning to trust God. Not depending on man or depending on yourself or depending on your riches or on the riches of another person, but depending on the supply of God. For you to be able to get to the level that God has destined for you to get to. So important. Now, this morning I want to share the last three points. So I'm going to take some time to go through these last three points with you. The point number four is now that you have given to God, you must learn to wait. You must learn to wait. And I want us to start with a prayer. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here with us, teaching us and guiding us. Thank you that your word proceeds with power, with joy, with love, with great encouragement. Thank you, Father, that we have great understanding and we produce fruits on every side of our lives. Thank you, Father, that every single thing concerning us is perfect and complete to your glory. Thank you for fruitfulness and for advancement on every sphere of our lives, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. wow. So you must learn to wait. We've received so many blessings from the Lord. If you remember the day that we gave, God spoke so many blessings upon us. 
and we've received those blessings. Now, as you're working and thinking and trusting, you must learn to wait. You must learn to wait. God works in seasons and in times. I mentioned it to you the last time, you know. If you read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, Galatians 6, verse 9, I will say, and let us not be weary in well-doing, because you could grow weary in well-doing or in giving or in doing all that you're supposed to do. He says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. So there's a due season for every one of us. And until that due season comes, you are to wait. It's called patience. And our faith without patience does not work. If you read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, look at Hebrews 10, 36. I have so many beautiful things to share with you today. Hebrews 10, 36. It says, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of patience. There's a need of patience. So that after you have done the will of God, now you've done all that you're supposed to, you've given, you are working, you're thinking, you're trusting, and it's like things are not happening in a certain way. Wait on God. Learn to wait. Don't be in a hurry at all. Your due season is going to show up. After you have, it says, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, after you have done all that you know to do, you might receive the promise. So we are try, I'm trying to give you a complete and total teaching on prosperity so that you don't leave one side and do one side. Do you see? You must, you must have a picture of the whole thing, a very clear picture, so that you know what to do per time. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Then if you read in 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter 5 verse 6, it talks about due time. Okay, there's a due time. It says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's a due time. There's a due time, brother. There's a due time. There's a time when your clouds will be full of rain and will empty themselves on you. Sometimes like I've sold, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that, but I'm not seeing anything. Don't say that. Don't talk like that. Don't talk like I'm waiting on the Lord. I've done all that I know I'm supposed to do. I know that I'm going to have my results. I know that I'm going to see fruits on every sphere of my life. It's called patience. And Abraham had to learn how to wait on God. If you read in Hebrews chapter 6, from verse 13, you know, the Bible talks about us looking onto Abraham. That is learning from Abraham. There are some things that we have to learn from these wonderful men of God who lived in time past. You know, Hebrews chapter 6, from verse 13, the Bible says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. God made promise to Abraham. And he swore by himself. Can you imagine? God speaking to you and swearing by himself that no matter what happens, I swear by myself that this thing that I've said to you will come forth. I mean, it's a done deal. But Abraham did not see it happening immediately in his life. He didn't see it happening immediately in his life. If you read in the next verse, verse 14, it is saying, surely blessing I'll bless thee and multiplying I'll multiply thee. Next verse. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Can you imagine? After God has spoken that I swear by myself and all that, he had to patiently endure. And he obtained the promise. So you have need of patience, brothers and sisters. We all have need of patience. Don't give up. Don't give up. It says, don't be wary of well-doing. For in due time, in due season, you shall receive your reward. You shall receive your reward. So learn, you must learn to wait. As you're trusting God, you must learn to wait. Know that God acts in times and in seasons. 
and my time is going to be... You see, when you, when you act outside of the time, you always have trouble. Samuel told Saul to wait. Samuel was going to come and come and offer the sacrifice. But Saul could not wait because he, he noticed that people were leaving. He felt he could... I mean, what is it? Is it not just sacrificing to God? Why can't I do it? So he left his office and entered the office of a priest and offered the sacrifice. Immediately he offered the sacrifice, Samuel showed up. And that marked the end of his reign over Israel. He, the, the anointed gospel left him because he didn't learn how to wait. He was impatient. He was not patient with God. He was not patient with the, pro, with the prophet. Hallelujah. So you have, to, you have to wait. If you ask out of your, your time, you are going to have trouble. Do you see? There's a time when God shows you to everybody. We don't know how his time and, and seasons go. But we know that after we have done all the will of God, we have need of patience. That's what we know. We have need of patience. So that in due time, we may have the due reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So patiently endure. Abraham needed patience to obtain the promise. You also need patience to obtain the promise. In Habakkuk chapter 2, from verse 1. Let's look at Habakkuk 2, from verse 1. Habakkuk. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set up set me upon the tower and watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may, he may run that readeth it. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, although it keeps long, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Though it tarry, wait for it. He didn't say fast for it. He didn't say complain for it. He didn't say pray incessantly for it. He said wait. This is just when God shows you to everybody. We don't know how his time and, and seasons go. But we know that after we have done all the will of God, we have need of patience. That's what we know. We have need of patience. So that in due time, we may have the due reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So patiently endure. Abraham needed patience to obtain the promise. You also need patience to obtain the promise. In Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 1. Let's look at Habakkuk 2 from verse 1. Habakkuk. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set, up, set me upon the tower and watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may, he may run that readeth it. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, although it keeps long, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Though it tarry, wait for it. He didn't say fast for it. He didn't say complain for it. He didn't say pray incessantly for it. He said wait. This is just waiting. Every seed you plant goes through a period of dormancy where there's no action. It seems as though nothing is working. But there's something that is going on internally. Very soon you see it coming up. Do you see? So there's a season of waiting. Just wait. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Just wait. Just be patient. You have given your seed. You are working. You are thinking right. You are trusting now learn to be patient with God. Relax. Remember what I said concerning Abraham. After the promise that God had given to him and sworn by himself that this is surely going to come to pass, 
he had need of patience. He endured. He patiently endured. He patiently endured. Look, let's look at that verse again. Then we'll come back to this. Hebrews 6 verse 15. He says, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. A lot of people are not patient enough with God. You feel that God should act in your time. God doesn't act in your time. God acts in his time. And there are times and seasons with God. I've told you. There are times and seasons with God. He says the vision is for an appointed time. Do you see? Go back to that place in Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2.3 now. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak. No word from God is void of power. So long as it has come out from God, it will show forth. It will happen. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. But though it tarry, wait for it. Wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will surely come. I don't know if you have a neighbor by you. I'm sure you have a neighbor by you. Say to your neighbor, wait for it. Wait for it. Though it tarries, it will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the same thing works with healing and every other thing. You apply the word of God to yourself and do everything. And then it's like there's no change. It makes no difference. Wait. The word of God is like a seed. Always remember that. The word of God functions just as you have a natural, normal seed functioning. In Luke chapter 8, look at Luke chapter 8, verse 15. He's talking about the parable of the sower. In this particular verse, he's making reference to the seed that worked. Okay? The seed that worked, worked in a heart that had patience. So he says in this verse, Luke 8, 15, he says, But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. They bring forth fruit with patience. So you need patience. You cannot throw patience out of the door. It's not possible. You can't throw it out of the window. You need patience to see the maturity, to see the fruition of whatever God has said to you, of the promise that God has given you, of all the things that God has said upon your life. You need patience. There's a period of dormancy. It's like no action. Nothing is happening. And you just need to wait. You just need to wait. Wait. <laughs> This is a difficult thing to do. It's called patience. Patience. Have you ever met anybody who's called patience before? <laughs> but it's not patient. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. I'm sure you love, you love this. Romans 5, 3. It says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Tribulation worketh what? Patience. Troubles. Challenges works in you patience. You learn how to be patient. Not disturbed by the circumstances, the things that are moving around you. Unperturbed, you know that what God has said is true and it will come to pass. You are patient. It's like watching a dead match and your team is down by three goals to nail. You are patient. You don't get angry. You don't stand up and start shouting. What kind of a team is this? Why is Manchester United not playing? You know that at the end of the day, they won. The Barcelona fans are quiet now. Ah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. He says we glory in tribulations. We enjoy ourselves in the midst of tribulations. Why? Knowing that tribulation work at patience. Wow. And patience. Next verse. Verse, verse 4. And patience. Experience. And experience hope. Patience will work experience in your life. 
you become an experienced Christian. You know how things work in the spirit. You are not in a hurry. You are not in a hurry at all. You know how things work. If you read in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, go to Hebrews 6, 12. You know, we read Hebrews 6 from verse 13, but from verse 12, it says something very important. Hebrews 6 from verse 12. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I don't know if you are seeing what... He says, don't be... Let's read from verse 11. It's nice. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Next verse. That you be not slothful or lazy. He says, we don't want you to be lazy. Do you see? Or slothful. But followers of them who through faith, not just faith, but patience. Faith and patience. Faith always works with patience. After I put your faith to work, you must be patient to see your fruit. He says that followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Without patience, there is no inheritance for you. If you are in a hurry, if you can't wait for God, you know people end up, say they say, I've waited for God for this thing for a long time, it's not happening, and then they start complaining, start murmuring. You know, murmuring always takes you out of the will of God. He says, let us not murmur like they murmured in the Old Testament in the days of Moses. Don't get yourself into that drive. I don't know what God, they said we should give, we have given, we don't know if the seed is working. We have done this, we have done that. Then you start asking questions. Pastor, if you give your seed and you don't see anything, what do you do? What does it mean? You start asking unnecessary questions. After all the teachings that you have been taught, go to the message and listen to it so that you can have faith. And after you've had faith and put your faith to work, be patient, cool down, relax. It's a seed. It says that the good ground bore fruits because it had patience. I don't know if you remember. Luke 8, 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. After you have released the word of God for your healing, release the word of God concerning your prosperity, concerning your life, concerning everything about you, there's always a season of patience. A dormant season where it looks as though nothing is happening, but something is happening. You see, as you don't know how the bones of a baby are formed in the womb, you two shouldn't ask unnecessary questions. You don't know how, but we know that it works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you like what I'm telling you. Amen. Wait. Tell me about wait. wait. The vision is for an appointed time. Wait for it. Don't cry for it or fast for it. <laughs> Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Don't cry. You know, there's the waiting that comes with crying. Will be crying, Lord. I thought you said you would do this for me. I thought you'd do this. I don't know. You are out, you are checking out of faith gradually. Please just cool down, relax. Tell me about relax. God is in control, and I'm in control with Him. He reigns, and I reign with Him. Hallelujah. You know, when you receive a, a confirmation from God concerning a word that you've been looking for, you have to hold on to that word. He says, He patiently endured. Abraham what? Patiently endured. And he patiently endured without staggering. Without staggering. Wait without staggering. Patiently endure without staggering. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 19. I don't know if you like my message. I'm trying to cover every little aspect of what we are talking about as much as also for you. Romans chapter 4 Verse 19, he says, and being not weak in faith, he's talking about Abraham. 
Abraham was not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Wow. wow. Next verse. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He waited without staggering. Through unbelief. But was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. He was, this is patience. Patience is staying irrespective of what is happening around. He says he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Neither the deadness of his own body. He looked unto God. And waited patiently. This is what it means to endure patiently. He endured patiently. He patiently endured. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised was able also to perform. He was fully persuaded. He had gone beyond the place where he could be disturbed. Circumstances could disturb him. He was undaunted by negative circumstances. The more the days went by, the more his wife's womb died. But he, he, was, he was in faith. He was in faith with patience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It looked as though things are not going to work. But he knew that he that had promised was able to perform. He was fully persuaded and hence did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Through unbelief. You know, he waited without staggering. Through unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was, this is patience. Patience is staying irrespective of what is happening around. He says he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Neither the deadness of his own body. He looked unto God. And waited patient. This is what it means to endure patiently. He endured patiently. He patiently endured. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised was able also to perform. He was fully persuaded. He had gone beyond the place where he could be disturbed. Circumstances could disturb him. He was undaunted by negative circumstances. The more the days went by, the more his wife's womb died. But he, he, was, he was in faith. He was in faith with patience. Hallelujah. It looked as though things are not going to work. But he knew. That he that had promised was able to perform. He was fully persuaded and hence did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Through unbelief. You know, you can be in faith and be in unbelief at the same time. You can have faith and have unbelief. That man said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. You can believe, but then there will be some unbelief in there. And that will always prevent you from having what God wants you to have. You wonder, hey, is this thing going to happen? You ask yourself questions. Is this thing that God has said, is it going to come to pass? I've waited for a long time. I've been waiting. This prosperity that they spoke about. I've been waiting for this contract to show up in a, in a certain way, but it's not sure. I've done all that I'm supposed to do. You'll be saying it to yourself. Saying it to yourself. Do you see? You must allow the word of God to encourage you. The Bible says, David, encourage himself in the Lord. You must learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. And that leads us to the, to the next point, which is to talk prosperity. Learn to talk prosperity. Why do you learn to talk prosperity? You learn to talk prosperity to encourage yourself, to express your faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So wait on God without staggering. Be patient. You are doing all that you're supposed to do. You're trusting God. Be patient. Tell neighbor, be patient. Wait without staggering. You will see your fruits. You will, I tell you. Don't be slothful, lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience 
inherit the promises. I wish it was just faith. It's faith and patience. We always talk about faith. We don't talk about patience. It's faith and patience. It's faith and patience. I'm in faith and I'm patient. It may have taken a year. I'm in faith and I'm patient. There's a due time. There's a due time. There's a due time, brother. There's a due time, sister. When the clouds will be full of rain, they'll empty themselves. Your clouds will be full of rain very soon. And they'll empty themselves to the glory of God. Hallelujah. That's in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 3. Ecclesiastes 11, 3. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. So keep filling your clouds. Okay? They'll empty themselves upon the earth. And this, this is actually, all this is about giving. Probably we should read, let's read from verse 1. It's, it's nice. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Verse 2. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Verse 3. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the, upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. In other words, it shall work. Whatever seed you have given will bear fruit for you. The next verse says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the cloud shall not reap. Have you seen it? As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all. Verse 6. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Truly, the light is sweet. He's talking about giving us light. Giving us light. And he says it's too sweet. And, pleas- and a pleasant thing. It is for the eyes to behold the sun. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't be afraid. Your clouds are going to be full of rain. And they'll empty themselves to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't be moved. Wait patiently. Look at Job chapter 14 verse 14. Job 14 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Can you see it? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. He says, I'll wait. I'll be patient until my change come. Change is coming, but you need to be patient. You need to wait. You need to wait. Remember remember what is written in, in, in Galatians, if you remember. Galatians 6, verse 9. Look at Galatians 6, 9 once again. He says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So God does not want you to faint. If you faint, you shall not reap. If you faint, you shall not reap. If you give up, what? When God takes a stone, it takes so long before he throws it. That's what I just said in English. You know? Don't say that. Don't talk negatively. Don't deny yourself. Of what God has prepared for you. Wait patiently. And once you are waiting patiently, talk prosperity. I'll talk about that in some few seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 37, verse 9. Psalm 37, verse 9. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Brother, you will inherit the earth because you are learning to wait on God. That's why I said, as you are trusting God, learn to wait on Him. Learn to wait. Learn to be patient. You see, it is in trust to be patient. If you trust somebody, you are patient with the person. If the person said, oh, the man will come in three days' time, and after three days' time, nothing has happened, you know that, oh, maybe something happened, that's why it has not come. You are sure that it will come because you know what, who it is that is talking. If you knew who it is that was talking, you will not be afraid, you will not be moved. 
It is God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the one who is talking. And what he has said will surely come to pass. Abraham knew that God who caused those things that be not as though they were. So he was assured. He was not afraid. His heart was fixed, trusting in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at verse 34. Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exhort thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exhort thee to inherit the land. Wait on him, be patient. Be patient. Those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Now, whilst you are waiting, what do you do? Talk right. That's a fifth point. Learn to talk prosperity. Learn to talk prosperity. As you are waiting, learn to talk prosperity. You see, no matter what you are doing, if you are not talking right, you will not inherit the promises. Amazingly. You can say, I'm waiting. But as you are waiting, we have waited for a long time. We don't know what all these things are. We, are. we are tired. You will lose your reward. As you are waiting, learn to talk prosperity. Prosperity is mine. I will never be poor in my life. Never, ever, ever, ever. No matter what. Poverty is not my friend. Prosperity is my cousin. Prosperity is my brother. We are together. Ah, poverty cannot come close to me. That is the expression of your faith. The expression of your faith is in your talking. What you are saying is what shows what is in your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can't say, oh, I'm saying this, but I know what is in my heart. You are a big liar. You are a very big liar. What is in your heart is what comes out of your mouth. So you have to be careful. I'm not talking about coming to say some things in church and saying other things in your private. What you say in your private life affects you more than what you say in church. Because you spend a very small time in church. And even during that time, we lead you to say some things in a very short period. Yeah. So if you are not saying some things in, in your private life, you should know that you don't have certain things happening to you. You come to church, you say, say after me, prosperity is mine. Then you say, prosperity is mine. Say after me, I'm going for it. Then you say, I'm going for it. Then when you get home, as you are combing your hair, hey, <laughs> we are tired, oh. We have been believing God that uh, nothing has happened. Hey, <laughs> will it be well, Mponye? Will it be well? You are coming as you are bathing. I've been struggling for a long time. Lord. <laughs> I've been struggling. I don't know if things are going to work. They open the shower. I don't know if things are going to work. But in church you are saying that all things are mine. It's working to the glory of God. Say it after me. It's working to the glory of God wherever you are. <laughs> what do you say in your private time? It's an expression of your faith. It's an expression of your faith. Recently, I had some uh, news that brought some, wanted to bring some fear into my heart. You know, someone I, I, I know died of cancer. Very powerful man of God. You know, and I saw him being prayed for by a very powerful man of God as well. And it, it didn't work. He died. So he brought some fear into my heart. It was knocking on my door. I tell you. I decided to close the door to that fear. I said, not here. I'm a child of God. Health is mine. Cancer cannot dwell in my body. No form of cancer can. This was in my private. Nobody knows about this. My wife, even my wife doesn't know. Nobody knows about this. In my private time, as I'm taking a shower, then it will come to my mind and say, I refuse it in Jesus' name. Cancer cannot dwell in my body. No form of cancer. You know, and a friend of mine also died early in the year. Also of cancer. Throat, his was throat cancer. This one was colon cancer. These are all men of God. They just died just like that. You know? And that all come to my mind. 
Then I started feeling some pain in my, in my throat. <laughs> I said, no, devil, you are lying. You are a liar. You are a big liar. I dwell in health. I live in health. All my members are full of health. The life of God is working in me. It's working in my throat. It's working in my colon. It's working in my lungs. It's working in my kidneys. It's working in my, in my liver. Someone I know very well also had a problem with his liver and has become some way he's almost dying. So fear. You know, the things that happen around you try to put fear into you. What do you do? Do you accept it or do you reject it? If you read in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, look at Romans 10, 10. Learn to talk prosperity. You have to learn to talk prosperity. You have to learn to talk health in your private life, in your personal private life, not only when you come to church. Okay? Health is mine. I live in health. From the top of my head to the soles of my, my feet, Every part of my body is full of health. The life of God is running through me. It's running in my veins. It's running in my lungs. It's running in my cells. It's running in my sinus. It's, run, it's running in my blood. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The glory of God is working in my life. My body is for the glory of God. My body will bring glory to God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Health is mine. Prosperity is mine. Health is mine. Prosperity is mine. All things are mine. In your private life. I will not die because of any sickness or any disease. He satisfies his beloved with long life. I'm his beloved. Therefore, I'm satisfied with long life. I'll cross 70 with ease. I'll cross 80 with ease. I'll cross 90 with ease. Talk prosperity and health for yourself. Hallelujah. It's an expression of your faith. As you are waiting on God, as you are waiting for your time, don't just sit and wait. Talk the word of God. Speak the word of God for yourself. Don't speak doubt. If you speak doubt, if you fill the mouth chest, you have filled everything. You know, all the things I've said to you all comprises the seed. Your giving, your working, your thinking, your trusting, and your patience all comprise your seed. It's all part of your seed, the seed that you sow. I don't know if you understand. Now, after you've sowed, you must water your seed. How do you water your seed? You water your seed by talking and by thanking, that's the last one. Talking and thanking are the means of watering your seed that you have sowed. So whatever seed you have sowed, through your working, all those things are seeds. You're waiting, you're trusting. It's all part of your seed. Now water it. Water it consciously. If you don't water it consciously, you'll not get your result. With your mouth, you can clean, you can wipe away your work. Your working notwithstanding, your intelligent work notwithstanding. What you say is what you get. He didn't say what you do is what you get. He says what you say is what you get. Okay, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Look at Mark eleven twenty-three. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith, not whatsoever he doeth. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So your, your doing notwithstanding, your saying can repudiate your doing. If you are, you are working hard and you are talking negatively, you will never have any fruits. You will never have any results. Because your saying is, is a show of what is in your heart. Do you see? What you say, what you are unable to say, you are, you've not believed yet. And if you've not believed it, you cannot see it happening in your life. Hallelujah. Some people say that seeing is believing. It's the opposite. Believing is seeing. What you believe is what you see. It's not what you see that you believe. What you believe, what you see, what you, 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 you believe is what you end up seeing around you. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 
Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be that removed and be that cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things, that those things which he seeth shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. If there's anything you would learn from now that you have given to the Lord that you need to take very seriously, is this particular thing I'm talking about. Because, like I said, it can clean, it can wipe out everything completely. Your speech makes all the difference. Your speech and your behavior. You talk rich and you behave rich. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, Don't dress like you are. There's something wrong with you. Dress like, a, dress like someone whose head is on his body. Don't behave poor. Behave rich. I'm not, we are not talking about being proud and braggadocious. We are talking about, there's, there's, there's a fruit of the spirit called gentleness. It's not spoken about much. It's that gentleness. Being gentle, not just in your attitude, but being gentle even in your dressing. Your appearance. How do you look? Your beard looks like uh, Nebuchadnezzar's beard. You don't shave right. You don't. Some of those things, <laughs> they'll end up denying you of opportunity. Yeah. Because prosperity comes by opportunity. Do you see? They'll, they'll deny you. You are talking prosperity, but you're not behaving prosperity. No matter how little you have, learn to dress right. Learn to look right. Don't look like someone who, is, who just came from. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Look at Romans 10, 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With that confession, you will not enjoy salvation. This is the problem a lot of people have. They've believed, but they've never confessed. When you believe, you must confess. Do you see? Confession is what brings the experience of salvation to you. You experience salvation practically for yourself through your confession. And every other thing in the kingdom of God comes by the same means. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says that, as it is written, let's read it, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. If you believe, you speak. If you believe, you speak. You only speak what you believe. So if you keep saying that, I don't know what's going to happen to my life, that is what you believe. You believe that there's, there's nothing good that can happen for you. So that's what comes out of it. It escapes out of your mouth unconsciously. It just comes out. It just comes out. We don't know if, even if this thing is going to work. Brother, it's not going to work. Not, not your, your strength and your labor notwithstanding. Because of what you are saying, you will not have anything. Yeah, you will not have anything. And if, you are watch, if you've noticed, you, you will notice that you've been saying some things you're not supposed to say. If there's that confession, you will not enjoy salvation. This is the problem a lot of people have. They've believed, but they've never confessed. When you believe, you must confess. You see? Confession is what brings the experience of salvation to you. You experience salvation practically for yourself through your confession. And every other thing in the kingdom of God comes by the same means. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says that, as it is written, let's read it, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. If you believe, you speak. If you believe, you speak. You only speak what you believe. So if you keep saying that, I don't know what's going to happen to my life, that is what you believe. You believe that there's, there's nothing good that can happen for you. 
So that's what comes out of it. It escapes out of your mouth unconsciously. It just comes out. It just comes out. We don't know if, even if this thing is going to work. Brother, it's not going to work. Not, not your, your strength and your labor notwithstanding. Because of what you are saying, you will not have anything. Yeah, you will not have anything. And if, you are watch, if you've noticed, you, you will notice that you've been saying some things you're not supposed to say. If there's anything you have to check in your life, check this particular thing. Lord, help us check our mouth. Say to yourself, Lord, help me check my mouth. Sanctify my mouth from henceforth. I will say the right things in the name of the Lord Jesus. All the time. I will not say any negative thing about my life. Or about my work. Or about about anything I do. In the name of the Lord Jesus. My mouth is sanctified from henceforth. Listen, no matter what is going on. Talk prosperity. No matter what, who says around you. Or how your circumstances look like. Don't worry about your circumstances. Talk your way out of it. That is the truth. If you read in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, when God was preparing Joshua for his life of prosperity, he showed him exactly what to do. And that principle has not changed. That principle has not changed. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of principles. It works and operates on certain wheels called principles. They work. They are there. If you go against them, you will have problems. The principles are lost. No matter who you are in the kingdom of God, if you don't go by those principles, you will never prosper. There are churches who don't believe in prosperity, so they don't prosper. They don't prosper. There are churches that believe in prosperity like we do. We believe, I believe strongly in prosperity, and we prosper. You should see how we were years ago, but because of what we believe and what you've been saying, we are seeing prosperity around us. You can't be poor in this church. You are banned from being poor in this church. You cannot be poor. We enjoy prosperity. I can't wait to dedicate your Mercedes-Benz S-Class 21, 2021. Yeah, I'll dedicate it for you. I like such things. As a pastor, as a leader, as a brother in the house of God, as a sister in the house of God, you must prosper. We like it. You must buy a jet. You must buy planes to the glory of God. Don't say, I don't know what I'll do with it. You will know what to do with it when it comes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you say negative things, you will have negative things. So talk right. Talk prosperity. Joshua 1 verse 8. It says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth. Not out of your, of your heart. Out of your mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to what that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. You can make your way prosperous. How? By talking right. By talking right. He says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate therein day and night. And observe as you talk. It leads you into meditation. You see, there are different levels of meditation. The word meditate here is hagar. It means to talk undertone. Okay? From undertone to raw in the word of God. Talking to yourself. In your, in, your, in your private life. As you are sitting on the toilet seat and thinking to yourself. Think right. Talk right to yourself. I will never fail in my life. You see, I've said it so many times. In my own, I don't just come to stand in front of you to say it though. In my own life. When I'm taking a shower, you, you should hear me. I'll be saying some things. Prosperity is mine. I'm going forward. I'll never go down. I'll never go down. I'm going forward. I'm going up. Upwards and forwards only. That is my life. Everything I touch will work. One of the things I see a lot is that it will work. That's one of my favorite things. If you like, ask anybody who works around me. Oh, it will work. Don't worry. It will happen. It will work. I don't say, I don't know if... You know, just two days ago, I was listening to a message. I think a panel discussion uh, on the Word of God, something concerning the Word. One of the panelists said, don't say I'm confused. 
And I realized I've not said that, I've not used that word, confused. For more than 15 years, I don't, I don't remember the last time I used it, that I'm confused. Confused? How do you mean by confused? I'm, not, I'm never confused. I think, I have a sound mind. I think straight. I think right to the glory of God. I have a sound mind. I've never said I'm confused before. Confused about what? No. No. Prosperity is mine. I will never fail. Success is mine. I'm a bundle of success happening everywhere. So no matter what is going on, no matter what, no matter what, talk right. Because that is what you have. What you say is what you have. Can you imagine? What you say is what you have. And what you say is a confirmation of what is in your heart. Even if you feel that thing is not in your heart, keep saying it. The more you say it, the more it will come into your heart. Because if you read Romans chapter 10 from verse 8, look at Romans 10, 8. He says, but what's the edit? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word is first of all in thy mouth before in thine heart. So it's, 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 it's a dynamo effect. If you say it, you believe it. It will be in your heart. And if you believe it, you will say it. And if you say it, you believe it. And if you believe it, you will say it. If you say it, you believe it. Like that. It goes round and round and round like that. So even if you think that you don't believe, what you think you don't believe, start saying it. With that, with, in a very short period of time, you start believing it. That's, what, that's how you do it. If you feel you don't believe it, I don't think I believe this thing. Don't worry. Say it. Start saying it. This thing is going to work. I believe that it's going to work. And as you are saying that, as you are saying that, you end up believing it. And it will increase your confession like never before. Because as it's written, as I have believed, I have believed. Therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Talk, brother. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet, my brother. Don't be quiet. Like I said, what you say is your experience. Israel is an experiment for us. Israel is a teacher. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says that Israel's life in the wilderness is to teach us. Okay, let's read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read from verse 6. It says, Now these things were our examples, so the intent we should not last after evil things, as they also lasted. Next verse. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in, in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. That isn't it. Neither memory ye, as some of them also remembered, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Memoring. It says they were destroyed of the destroyer. Who's the destroyer? Satan. The devil destroyed them because they murmured. He says their, their life is an example for us to follow. Verse 11 says, Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonishing upon whom the ends of the world are come. They are written for our examples. They happen unto them for our examples. For examples for us. You see, so there's a lot to learn from the church. It's called the church in the wilderness. There's a lot to learn. It shows you what to stay away from and what to stay in. It says, don't murmur like some of them did. <laughs> if you look at num Numbers, Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. In Numbers, God had brought them. They had gone through the wilderness for 40 days. Do you see? And had come to the brink of Canaan. And Moses sent 12 spies, one from each tribe, to the land of Canaan to go and spy the land out. When they came back, they came back with fruits of that land. God had promised them of, the land, of a land that flows with milk and honey. And they went and found it so. They brought fruits 
unbelievable fruits back to the camp of Israel. But when they came, 10 of them came with a bad report that the land has giants in there. And they said, we were as grasshoppers in our sight. And so were we in their own, in their sight as well. They said we were as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as grasshoppers in their own sight. And they said, because we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, the, the people also saw us as grasshoppers. And that we are unable to take the land. Moses has deceived us. God has deceived us. We can't take the land. That day, you see, and the two, the other two, Joshua and Caleb, said a different thing. That we are well able to take the land. The people are as bread for us. We can eat them. We can take them. They are not a problem at all. We can kill all the giants. It's not a problem at all. They start what they said. The Bible says they had a different spirit. They were of a different spirit. You should read it for yourself. This is Numbers chapter 13 now. They were of a different spirit. Can you imagine that on that day, in Numbers chapter 14 from verse 1, all of Israel sat at the entrance of their tents and cried and wailed and said that we cannot take the land. Let's read it. Numbers 14 from verse 1. I think you, you should see this. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. Verse 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? Is that what God, God should kill us in this wilderness? We should have died in the land of Egypt. Next verse. And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land? To fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? Verse 4. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Next verse. <laughs> then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the, of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, were, which were of them that shed the land, rent their clothes. They were sad. And they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it, it is a, it's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. And a, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Look at their response. But all the congregation bade, stoned them with stones. They wanted to stone them. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before the children of Israel. God appeared immediately. When the people were, when Joshua and Caleb were speaking positively, they took stones to stone them. Wow. Look at verse 28. Numbers 14, 28. This is what God told Abraham, uh, Moses to tell the children of Israel. He says, say unto them, as truly as I live, say the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Look at the next verse. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. And all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Only these people will go. They wiped the opportunity to enter in the land of promise. The land that flows with milk and honey with their words. Since as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do. What are you saying to God's ears? You see, and God listens to your heart. God looks at you. What is in your heart? God is looking at you. He's, he's hearing you, what you're saying to yourself. 
saying around you. Murmuring is a dangerous thing. It's deadly. It can wipe away your future. It can wipe away your destiny. Speaking right words will brighten your destiny and lead you where you're supposed to go. Don't make the mistake of allowing your mouth to cause you to fail in life. Don't feel the mouth test. It's called the mouth test. Don't feel it. Don't feel it. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do. Wow. What a lesson. I think it's a very powerful lesson. I'm sure you are quiet in your church or wherever you are. It's a very powerful lesson. Very powerful lesson. Hallelujah. You can wipe away your giving, your working, your thinking, your trusting, and your waiting just with your confession. If you read in James chapter 3 from verse 5, I'm still talking about the same thing. I have some time. James 3 from verse 5. It says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasted great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Our tongue is like fire. Next verse. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. If you don't learn to train your tongue, your tongue will lead you into hell. I tell you. I'm talking about, he's talking about hell on earth. Having a difficult time. So is the tongue among our members that it defiled the whole body and set on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Hell of, of all kinds. You must strain your mouth to say that. Whenever you, you catch yourself saying something wrong, wipe it out. I refuse that in Jesus' name. Father, I'm sorry for saying that. I will never be broke. Prosperity is mine. Talk, even if your neighbors are angry with you, speak prosperity. Talk prosperity. Behave prosperity. Talk aloud. It's not something to joke with because poverty is very, it's very painful. If you've been poor before, you know what I'm talking about. It's very, very painful. Lack, not, not having enough, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from is difficult. God has showed us a way. Talk your way up. Hallelujah. Never talk poverty in secret or in public. Hmm? Matthew 12, from verse 36. Matthew 12, 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. By thy words you shall be qualified or justified. You shall be qualified for prosperity. You shall be qualified for health and healing. By your words, in private especially, and in public as well. By your words. And by your words you shall be condemned that this person should not enjoy prosperity, and this person should not enjoy health. All by your words. So what are you saying? What are you saying? Ask your neighbor, what are you saying? What are you talking? Talk right. Talk prosperity. Prosperity is mine. You see, don't listen to those who are, who are not, don't listen to those who are not making it in life. Do you see? That someone's business is not working. Do you see? And he's talking in a certain way that all oh, these things that they are saying in church, it doesn't work. And you are following the person. Can't you see that there's something wrong? Don't follow them. Don't follow those who are like that. It says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Follow those ones. Not those who are talking. Eh? Not, not, not words, deeds. Check if their works are their deeds are working. Check if their businesses are working. If it's not working, don't follow them. Don't mind them. If their life is not working, don't mind them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 26. Isaiah 44, 26. Isaiah 4, 4, 4 2, 6. You remember? Years ago, I taught you the scripture, 4426. Since that confirmed the word of, of a servant and performed the counsel of his messengers, that said to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I'll raise up the decayed places thereof. Let's read the message. Go back. 
but he backs the word of his servant. God backs the word of his servant and confirms the counsel of his messengers. Let's read the Amplified. The Lord who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, she shall again be inhabited, and of the city of Judah, cities of Judah, they shall again be built and then raise up their ruins. The Lord confirms the word of his servant. So what you are seeing is what the Lord will confirm. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do. I don't know if you like my message. This is how to release the power of God. The power of God is real. Make no mistakes about it. The power of God to heal is real. The power of God to prosper is real. The power of God to cause you to move forward is real. And that power is always working. It's working in you. It's always working for you. You can negate it with your own mouth, with what you are saying. Or you can activate it with your own mouth and what you are saying. What you say is what you get. That is how to activate the power of God. Jesus healed them with his word. That's what he did. He healed them with his word. That centurion said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Speak a word only. And my, my servant will be healed. And Jesus spoke a word. And that word worked for him. Jesus said, no one in Israel has this kind of faith. I've not seen great faith as this. A man who understands the power of words. He understands the power. That when I stand and I, I talk, I can create something over there. The power of God is in words. It's in words. If we've prayed for you, for your healing, and you've not seen something in your body, it doesn't mean that it didn't work. It has worked. Use your word. Use the word of God to affirm that this thing has worked for me. It says, your mouth is a little member of your body, but it drives your whole body. It drives your whole future. Your whole life. Your, your tongue is like a little, a little helm or a little rudder in a boat or in a car. It driveth you. It drives you to where you want to go. Where do you want to go in life? It's a choice. Decide for yourself. Where do you want to go down? Then talk your way down. Do you want to go up? Talk your way up. It's all a choice. It's all up to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14. Let me give you plenty of scriptures on how important your mouth is. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. A man shall be satisfied with good. Do you want good things to happen in your life? Good things will not just happen. Good things happen to you when you say good things will happen to you. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. By the fruit of his mouth. What he's saying is what you have. And a recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. A man's work shall work. In other words, your work is influenced by what you are saying. I don't know if you're saying it. And the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. More scriptures. Do you like more scriptures? Proverbs 13.2 Proverbs 13.2 A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. Do you like eating good things? He says you can get good things to eat. Eh? In every aspect of your life. Not just food wise. Mental wise. Prosperity wise. Every aspect of your life. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. But the soul of the transgression shall eat violence. Proverbs 18.20 Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. 
I don't know about you. <laughs> Look at Exodus verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the food thereof. Death is in your tongue. Life is in your tongue. Which one do you like? Choose. Which one do you like? I like life. I like life. Hallelujah. Psalm 35 verse 27. Psalm 35 verse 27. Let them suffer for joy and be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified. Which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. I don't know if you're saying, he says, let them see, let them shout for joy and be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Do you favor the righteous cause of God? That's why you came to give your seat. You like God. You like God's word. You like what God is doing. You came to favor his cause, his righteous cause. Then he says, let, yea, let them say continually. Let those people say continually. What should they say? Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God has pleasure in your prosperity. You must say it continually for yourself and you see it happening for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 34, verse 12 to verse 13. Oh, Lord, teach me how to speak. Oh, I think you should say that yourself. Say, Lord, teach me how to speak good for myself, not evil. Yeah, this one says, What man is he that desired life? You like life and love it many days. Do you want many days that he may see good? Do you want to see good? What man is he that desired life and loveth many days that he may see good? Next verse. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. It says keep your mouth. If you want to see good, if you want to see, you desire many days, if you want to see long life and long life filled with good days and health, it says keep your tongue from evil. Do you understand what he's talking about? Like you're saying evil, 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 evil. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about letting your mouth speak death. Let your mouth kill you. Your mouth can kill you. This is in the New Testament as well. First Peter chapter 3 verse 10. It says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Have you seen it? Let him refrain his tongue from evil. It's in the New Testament as well. If you want to see good days, beautiful days, wonderful, it says you produce it. How? By preventing your mouth. Keep your mouth from saying bad things. He's not talking about saying bad things about people. That is also there. It's in its own category. But he's talking about speaking bad things about yourself. Evil things about yourself. I don't know what my life is going, how my life is going to be. Hey! Don't say it. We don't know how the country is going. Hey! Don't say that around me. The country is going well. <laughs> Even if the country is not going well, I will go well. My life will not go down. I don't live by the economy of this country. I live by the economy of God. I will get bigger and bigger and bigger and be a blessing to this country, to the glory of God. That's what you should be saying. Don't speak evil, brother, under no circumstance. And in no way, train yourself. Maybe you don't have that culture. Start training yourself from today to have the culture of talking right. Because that's what will determine how your life is going to go. How your health is going to go. It works in your health more than you can think about. If you think you are going to be dying very soon, you'll be surprised. The Bible says that he died so that he might redeem and free those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Don't be afraid of death. Don't be subject to bondage because of death. No, I have life. I'll cross 70 with ease. I'll cross 80 with ease. And when I'm leaving this earth, I'll live in grand style. Yeah, I'll live in grand style. I'll cry everybody. How do you say that in English? I'll tell everybody I'm leaving. When I'm 90-something, then I'll tell them, come and see how the righteous dies. 
Yeah, and then I'll give up the ghost. Like Jesus gave up the ghost. Nobody killed Jesus. He gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. You to give up the ghost. Don't let the ghost be snatched out of you. No, my ghost will not be snatched out of me. And as someone says ghost, he's talking about spirit, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, don't fail the mouth test though. Don't fail the mouth test. Lord, teach me how to speak good for my life. Hallelujah. Then the last one, the last one is learn to thank God. That's the final one. That's a final one. These last two are the means of watering. Remember, it says that Paul planted, Apollos watered. God gave the increase. You plant by giving, working, thinking, trusting, waiting. And you water your seed by talking and thanking. Learn to thank God. Hmm? Learn to thank God. Don't learn to be in bitterness. Learn to thank God. Thank God all the way. All the way. Isaiah chapter 51 from verse 1. God says to look to Abraham. Let's look at something. He says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. Have you seen it? Yeah. It says, Look unto Abraham. In other words, learn from Abraham. Learn. There are some things to learn from Abraham. It says, Look unto him. And what are we going to learn from Abraham with respect to thanking God? Romans chapter 4 from verse 18 to verse 20. Romans 4, 18 to 20. Who against hope? Abraham against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Verse 19. And be not weak in faith, he considered his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. You remember we spoke about this part, right? Yeah. Then he says, but was strong in faith. Doing what? Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. So in his patience, he was giving glory to God. Thank you, Lord, that it is done. Thank you, Lord, that it is done. Whenever there's a thought that it's not going to work, thank God. Thank you, Lord, that it is done to your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That is what to learn from Abraham. Thank God all the way. Learn to thank God all the way through. As you are working, thank God. As you are thinking, thank God. As you are trusting, thank God. As you are waiting, thank God. As you are talking, thank God. It's your means of watering your seed. Thank you, Lord. It's working. I know it has worked. The Bible says, in all things. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's nice. From verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God concerning you, eh? In Christ Jesus. This is the will of God concerning your life. In everything. Do you understand everything? Yeah. Everything. In everything you do. In everything you are involved in. At all times. It says, give thanks. For this is the will of God. If you want to know the will of God concerning your life, don't go and pray. Show, he's showing you here. You don't need to pray too much. Look at this one. Give thanks. This is Amplified. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that, of that will. Hallelujah. He's the revealer and mediator of that will. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God. Wow. He says, learn from Abraham. He did not stagger. Are the promise of God through unbelief. He did not stagger. But he was giving glory to God. Glory to God. He was glorifying God all the way. Give glory to God all the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Giving glory to God. Open him up for his miracle, you know. 
Hallelujah. Remember, nothing had happened in Abraham's life, but he was thanking God. He was not murmuring against God. He was thanking God when nothing had happened. Nothing had happened. Remember, he says he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's and all of that. Giving glory to God. Nothing had yet happened, but he was still thanking God. Don't only thank God when things work, work for you. Thank God even when things are not going the way you felt it should go. That is the will of God concerning your life. Psalm 67, verse 5 to verse 7. I think I've showed you a lot of Old Testament scriptures in this particular series. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Next verse. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. <laughs> Have you seen it? Put it together. Five and six together. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our God, shall bless us. When you praise him, then you see the results. You don't see the results when you've not praised him. You must learn to thank him. You have to learn to thank him. You have to slay to your heart that God has done some. If for nothing, at least I have life. If for nothing, I have strength, I have, I have health. I'm moving around, I can do certain things. You see, because the, one of the greatest things you can lose is your strength and your health. When your strength and your health are in question, you will notice that every other thing does not work. You can't go to the market. You can't go to town. You can't do some things. You can't call for the deal to happen. You can't do a lot of things. So the fact that you have life and the fact that you have health and strength is a reason. It's a big and good enough reason to thank God. Never say, oh, we've been trying to do this. You've been trying to do this. How about your health? How about your health? Your legs can go. Your hands can move. Your head is working right. Your lungs are working right. Let something happen to your liver. You'll be surprised. The fact that your liver is working is good enough reason to thank God. So thank him all the way. Don't say, I don't know what is going on. We don't, we've been trusting God. We've been believing God. Don't say that. Don't murmur against God. He was giving glory to God all through. All through. This is the will of God concerning your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank him always. Look at verse 7. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. As you thank him, he will bless you and all the earth shall fear God because of what he's doing in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Ephesians 5.20 Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give him thanks always for everything. Whatever it is that is happening, thank him for it. Thank him. Thank you, Lord, that this is working. Thank you, Lord. It's not showing in a certain way, but I'm thanking you anyway for it. Thank him for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. It's a sign that you are filled with the Spirit. This was you were talking about filled, being filled with the Spirit. The fact that you have a thankful heart is a show that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians 3.17, my last scripture. Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Certainly you can't insult somebody. You know, the name of Jesus is not just... That's not just talk about the power of God. It also talks about the character of Jesus. The word name is Onoma. It talks about character and then when you say Queen Elizabeth, you don't, you're not just talking about the person's authority. You're also talking about the, who the person is. Is it true? Yeah, you have the person's character in question as well or in view as well. So he's talking about the character of Jesus' life as well. You can't insult somebody in the name of Jesus, can you? You can't slap somebody in the name of Jesus. He says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, learn to live acting like the character of Christ. That's what he's talking about as well. 
Okay? Then he says, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Give thanks, brother, in all things. Give thanks. These are the things that you need. Six things that you need after you have given to put to work in your life. To make sure you've covered every single thing that you need to cover. And you will not miss any opportunity. No opportunity to pass you by. Because you'll be ready for every opportunity. Brother, your clouds are filled. They are being filled right now. And they will empty themselves upon your life. What are your seed by talking and by thanking right now? Wherever you are, in the next few minutes, rise up upon your feet wherever you are. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.